Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by First Baptist Church. Here at FBC, it's our mission to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, and we hope that this message helps you continue to grow in your faith. This audio is property of First Baptist Church, but feel free to give away copies of this message in the hopes that others will be impacted by what they hear. For more information about FBC, or if you want to stay connected with us, visit our website at fbclloyd.ca or look us up on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, and enjoy the latest from FBC. I hope you guys are having an awesome weekend so far. Uh, mine's been really great. Uh, some of us from the church went yesterday to Optimus Day at Bud Miller, and uh, it was really great. I uh, love being part of a church that takes part in stuff like that in the community. We had our climbing wall and all that going. Um, I had this issue where I have to put sunscreen on my body, otherwise I turn red. And so yesterday I actually used the baby stuff. It's like 60, like super, it's kind of like just wearing like full body armor. Um, but I discovered that there's really no like good application for sunscreen right on the part of my hair. So I have today a bit of a burning scalp. And so, um, you know, we were just reading about how God parted the Red, red Sea, but today I could see the red part. So. Uh, we're doing a parenting series, so I thought I should start with a good dad joke, and so I thought that was about the best I could offer. So uh, anyways, uh, if you are just catching up with us today, we've been doing this uh, Real Plan Parenthood series. We're ending off today, like Doug mentioned, um, and hopefully it's been helpful and beneficial to you guys. Um, Telsey mentioned last week that uh, being an intentional parent, it's tough, and it seemed tough before we were parents, and now that we're parents, it seems tougher, and I'm sure it will only continue to seem tougher. And so I hope that some of this is uh, helpful and beneficial to you guys as you uh, continue to try to pursue that. Um, If you weren't here last week, I'd really encourage you to catch up. The the message was awesome. And even if you were here, I'd encourage you to maybe just continue to watch it and maybe have that be one of those ones that you uh, go back and watch sometimes. Doug offered us an awesome message about our plans and how he talked about how our plans should be intentional, comprehensive, and ongoing. And uh, really beneficial stuff for me to be hearing and be thinking about right now because I know that that's not just going to accidentally happen as I evolve as a parent. And I want to say one thing kind of on a personal FBC-specific church family note. um, I also really appreciate listening to Doug talk about that because uh, he not only has some good words to offer us, but Doug is actually... Uh, contrary to what some people might think, he's actually a really good dad. And uh, he has done an awesome job of fostering faith in his kids' lives. And um, it's actually really inspiring to watch. And so maybe sometimes you forget that. And maybe it just sounds like some like talking head piece up here preaching at you about stuff. But um, I'm really thankful, I guess, to have a lead pastor who not only preaches that, but practices that and models that. And that, that's very helpful for me. And I hope that uh, whether it's Doug or other people in the church, you have people that you're looking to and leaning into and observing how you can continue to do that more because it seems like Doug's doing a great job. Either that or Fran's just that good and he's just taking some credit. But uh, jury's out on that one, so you can ask Fran what she thinks. Um, we also got to hear from uh, Talcy and... Uh, Darren last week, and uh, which was awesome. And if you were here, maybe some of you were, heard Talcy, and you're like, wow, she's really like giving Ryan the gears and beaking him like crazy. Uh, some of you probably just thought she was being serious, and you're like, yeah, no, that's true. You're definitely the better half. Um, and I, I just want to say that, uh, you know, for those of you who are maybe confused by that, maybe you've read the book, The Five Love Languages, 
Um, it's, it's an okay book, it's got some good ideas and stuff, but they actually missed like a vital part, and that's why the book didn't land well with me, is there's actually a sixth love language. It's mine, it's sarcasm and teasing. So some of you are watching Tal, so you like take shots at me last week, you go, oh man, like that's like real stuff, and I'm sitting there, I'm just like, oh my goodness, I love her so much. It's like the day we got married, you know, so I'm just, I've never been more in love with my wife than when she's um, talking trash about me, so. Um, <laughs> She referred to herself as the better half, and people laughed, and the real joke is that she's on mat leave and still accomplishing more for FBC than I am working here full-time, so that's the joke, and also she gets up here and makes us look bad, but anyways, um, in all seriousness, it's awesome getting to hear Darren and Talcy talk, because we actually have an amazing kids and youth program here at FBC. We're, we're, I, I don't know if you know this, maybe you go to the same church for a while and it just kind of is what it is, but we're we're really hooked up here. We're, we're really blessed to have a program that is so focused on discipling our kids. We have amazing leaders, and um, it's, yeah, you, you make some noise for them. Yeah. It, it's not that easy to find a church, in my opinion, that has something so strong to offer your kids. And so um, that's really cool. I'd encourage you guys to take advantage of that. One thing that kind of stood out to me, well, a lot of things, but one thing that really stood out to me is Talcy and Darren were talking, and I want to just reference this for a minute, and then I'm going to bring some other people up here, and you can listen to them talk more than you're going to listen to me, but um, one thing that really stood out to me was um, just the, they both kind of commented on the importance of leveraging your child's small group leader, whether they're really young and in FBC kids or whether they're in FBC youth and really utilizing that resource. And I want to highlight that again for two reasons. One, because I think it's such a huge resource, but secondly, because I think as a church uh, currently, and uh, again, I just want to speak very candidly and honestly, I think in a lot of ways we're not doing a very good job of this. And I think that's a little bit detrimental, not only to you, but even to our kids and youth program and stuff like that. And, and here's what I mean. A lot of people here um, and hopefully this is more encouraging than harsh, but a lot of people here have kids who weekly go to our FBC kids programs and have leaders who, like Talcy said, they don't just hate sleeping in on the weekends, but they make a sacrifice to invest into your kids weekly, and they're there every single week for them, but a lot of parents don't even know the names of the leaders that are their kids' small group leaders. And, you know, I mean, if someone's giving up an hour of their life every week to invest into my child like that and waking up early on Sundays, I want to at least know their name. I'd encourage you guys, lean in and utilize that resource. Uh, last year, um, it's a little different because it was at camp, but last year there was a mom who sent her kid to camp. And at the end of the week, she, she met the cabin leaders at the start of the week and all that. At the end of the week, she came back and she just had uh, a $25 Boston Pizza gift card for each of the cabin leaders. She said, thank you so much for investing into my kid this week. I was like, that's really awesome. And, you know, it just, it was good for me as I'm starting out as a parent. I'm like, man, that, that's a good reminder for me that as the years come, I should uh, be a cabin leader even though I have kids. No, just kidding. Um, I should uh, do that kind of thing. I'm not saying you have to buy gifts and bribes for your kids, small group leaders and stuff like that, but I'm not saying you shouldn't. And I thought I'd get a lot of amens from small group leaders there, but um, man, these guys are awesome. Utilize them. I think it's so beneficial for you and for your kids. It's so much out of it for make them part of your family, but also they kind of deserve it a little bit, you know, for you to know their name, say thanks, write them a card, I don't know. So bags of cash, whatever, whatever floats their boat or whatever. Um, anyways, I had said in the first week that you're not going to hear from me too much because even though I've been at this parenting thing for a solid like five and a half months, um, I still haven't figured it quite all out. So we're, we've got a bit of a panel going on this morning. So I'm going to invite my guests to come up here this morning. Uh, it takes some guts to get up here and hang 
hang out with me up here. So as they come up, let's make some noise for them and welcome them to the stage. So. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you guys being part of this. I'm going to do some quick intros so you guys know who we're dealing with this morning. Um, there aren't any app notes or any fill in the blanks or anything this morning, but encourage you to write some of this stuff down because first service was, was really good. Um, and so um, do a good job again, guys. But um, anyways, this is Dave and Julie. Uh, you might recognize Julie from like five minutes ago on stage. Um, you might have you probably recognize the bright dress, and so, um, but, oh, and shoes, yeah, that was very nice. Um, yeah, I wear blue and red together, and people are like, Ryan, that doesn't go. You wear blue and red, and people are like, nice outfit, so, I don't know how it goes. This is Dave and Julie. They have three daughters. Cece's the youngest. She's in grade two, and then Ginny's somewhere in the middle, and then George is in grade seven, right, so. Who cares? As long as you know the limits, right? Okay. No. Um, we've got Ken and Carrie Court. Lots of you probably know them. Um, and they've got Megan, who's 19, and Jordan. Oh, man. We're, I can't remember from first. 17? Oh, yeah. Her birthday's, she's 16 going on 17. I made the Sound of Music reference in the first service. And yeah, I, we didn't get to watch real, like, secular movies when we were growing up. So Sound of Music was about, like, as edgy as we got. So. <laughs> Um, I remember that now. Okay, and then we've got Daryl and Donna Marie Winter down there with uh, adult children. So there are, uh, they've got um, Ashley and Sharon and uh, Glenn, and then nine grandkids. And I asked them in first service, I'm not going to try to go for the names of the grandkids, that's too much, but uh, if he knew the age of his grandkids, and he told me something amazing. How old are your grandkids? Yeah. Either he has no idea what age his grandkids actually are, or that is real planned parenthood right there. That is amazing. So uh, that's awesome. So anyways, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, we had a great time together in the first service. These guys are, are uh, I called them our professionals, our experts in parenting this morning, and uh, kind of made them all kind of cringe and laugh. And, um, but anyways, um, this morning what we want to do is just uh, very practical, nothing super philosophical or even theological or whatever, is, if I can say that at church, but um, just some practical ideas of kind of what's worked for you guys and maybe something that um, as people here who are parents or maybe their kids are parenting or maybe they're going to be parents one day or whatever can maybe glean from and try some of that out. So uh, we'll maybe just move down this way. We did that in first service, um, and maybe you guys can start each give us an idea of uh, something. We're talking about intentionally parenting your kids to know Jesus and making faith the priority. Give us some ideas of some things that have worked for you guys. All right. Um, I mean, if you know, it's because if I didn't, I would probably just say, read the Bible. So. <laughs> um, but that being said, that is probably, seems like one of the most basic, but it's probably the most important thing. So first of all, I think it's important to read the Bible on your own and for the kids to be able to see that. And secondly, it's super important to read the Bible with them. So when they were younger, they all had children's Bibles and we went through children's stories. But uh, the tradition in our house is that when you turn eight, you get a real Bible of your own. So Cece just turned eight this year, so she got her Bible. And needless to say, it wasn't much of a surprise when that came around. But um, now we're all getting into reading the Bible more and more. And Georgia reads the Bible on her own quite a bit. She sets her alarm at 6.20 every morning and 
gets up and reads the Bible before school, so that's awesome. And <laughs> first, again, first service too, I saw like a whole bunch of people like cringe when he said 620. Me too. I was like, what? That's and, crazy. Uh, Jeannie and I aren't quite so ambitious. We uh, usually read the Bible out loud before she goes to bed at night, so um, I try to stick to books that are mostly narrative for now, so she enjoys reading the stories that we are. We haven't ventured too far into how to prepare a sacrifice or the dimensions of the tabernacle or the boundaries of the promised land yet, but maybe we'll get there eventually. How does she know anything without that? <laughs> so, but at 10 years old, she has read through Ruth, Esther, First and Second Samuel, Kings up into where Solomon dies, and Genesis, Luke, and we're currently working through Acts. So I think that's pretty awesome for a 10-year-old. I think, truthfully, I was well into my adult years before I read that much of my Bible. So, along with reading the Bible, memorizing the Bible is awesome, and that's where uh, partnering with Kids Quest comes in. Each month, they get a new life app or theme for the month, and along with that goes a verse that they have to memorize. So, a few months ago, the life app was peace, and the verse was Romans 14:19, which goes, so let us do all we can to live in peace, and let us work hard to build up one another. So, for that whole month, whenever I heard any sort of disagreement, they had to recite the verse. So we're driving home in the car, they're bickering, I'm like, the verse! And they're like, so let us do all we can to live in peace. <laughs> and um, so yeah, so I asked them yesterday if they still remember the verse, and it took them a couple minutes, but then George and Ginny recited it, and Cece was busy reading a book, and then she looked up and she's like, oh, were you guys fighting? <laughs> so it does, it sticks in a little bit. So uh, it just comes down to being intentional and making the time, and trying to instill a love of the Bible with them early, I think. That's awesome. I, 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 try to, I try that verse memory thing for bad behavior with my wife, but it doesn't really <laughs> seem to have the same effect. So it seems to make things worse. But anyways, glad it works with your daughters. I tend to, I wrote things down as well, because if I don't, then I'll ramble on forever. So we're opposites attract. Um, one thing that has worked well has been praying with the kids. At bedtime, we say our prayers together. When the kids were younger, it was the generic, now I lay me down to sleep kind of deal. Um, but as they've gotten older, we follow it with things that we're thankful for that happened during the day, as well as praying for each other with things that might be happening um, the next day or you know, illness, things like that, praying for our friends. Often what's really cool is that the prayer will lead into random discussions about God and applications of living out our faith. Now, bear with me as I take a little bit of a rabbit trail here, but I have a huge love for all things vintage. And so I found this sweet devotional book here at a garage sale a couple weeks ago, which was really, it was a great find for me. Um, and so the devotional for yesterday was entitled, Go to the Spring Yourself. The scripture passage was from Matthew 10, verses 34 through 42. You can read it for yourselves, but the devotional was mainly centered around verse 42, which says, And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. The devotional made note that the scripture said a cup of cold water. So back in Bible times, you couldn't just grab some ice, pour some water over it and call it good or, you know, go to the fridge and get a bottle of cold water out. You actually had to work for it. So it meant a sacrifice, whether you were walking a fair distance to the spring and drawing it straight from the source or going to a deep well, letting down the bucket, having to work hard to pull the bucket up and then take it, you know, it took some effort to do that. The last two paragraphs of the devotional, um, the writer says that the word of God is compared to water referencing John 3, verse 5, and 1 Peter 1 through 23. If you want it fresh, get it at the fountain. Too many are content to get it piped in through the preacher or even through these devotionals, but it has lost some of its freshness when brought by others from the spring. 
take your cup and go to the spring yourself and enjoy it to the full. We occasionally meet folks who confess that they read our devotional for the day but do not take time to read the scripture assignment. How inconsistent to take our lukewarm articles and neglect the cold, fresh water of the word. The excuse, I did not have time, is pretty lame as we try to keep the scripture assignments brief. But if you really don't have time, then please, please, please skip what I have written and read the scripture. Get fresh water, go to the spring yourself. So for me, I used to be very guilty of reading only the devotional and the one or two verses that were highlighted and written out for me. Um, but I would encourage you to think of the devotional as the meat and potatoes and the, or pardon me, think of the devotional as the dessert and the, the Bible as the meat and potatoes. I finally read the Bible from beginning to end in my 39th year. Since then, I've read through it again and I'm currently working on it for the third time so you guys can do the math to figure out how old I am. The first time 60. I... Yes. The okay. first time I read it through by myself, um, but since then, Dave and I have been working on reading it together following the same plan. And this has been helpful to me in actually being able to be comfortable discussing my faith mm. with Dave and just bouncing questions and thoughts off each other about what we've read. It used to feel very awkward to talk about the Bible and God and such for me, um, but the more I read with him, the more comfortable I became. And this has now spilled over into my relationship with our kids. Um, it's easier to discuss and talk about how you know, faith-related, Bible-related questions and concepts with them because I feel more comfortable with it. So as you spend time with your kids, make sure that you've eaten the meat and potatoes of your spiritual diet so that you can pass on the heart of God. This has helped me regarding my openness to talk about God and share his love with our kids. So if you aren't comfortable with talking about Jesus with anyone, start with someone you trust like your spouse and the rest will fall into place. So that really helps us being intentional with our prayer time and then having these faith-based discussions with our kids. That's awesome. Thank you. Move on down to the, we kind of, we, we want to have some people with young kids, medium kids, I don't know, yeah, adult kids and grandkids, so we're going to move to our medium couple. That probably could be taken really poorly. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, so church has always been a priority for, uh, for Carrie and I, and the homes that we grew up in, um, we both grew up going to church, um, and it started with Sunday school, and then Sunday morning services, and then Back in those days, there was evening service as well, too. So even though we were disheartened to have to miss Disney all the time, the last 15 minutes of every episode of Disney, um, we went. And that was, that was just our thing. Our parents instilled that in us. And we knew that um, for us, as we got married and started a family as well, too, that that was just going to be, that was important. And we knew that we needed to do that. So our girls grew up um, getting up Sunday morning and going to FBC Kids when they were little. Um, and then as, as they got older, now teenagers, and, and Meg being a young adult, um, going to youth group. Um, and as part of youth group was Sunday evening services, their youth services, um, and then also uh, both involved in small group as well too. So hmm. that, was, that was important um, to us, um, and we, we tried to model that for them. Uh, and now it's just, just a part of their life, something that they, that they do, and they look forward to doing that as well too. Um, and I think another thing kind of along with that as well too for us was... Um, going to church, not just going to church, but serving in church as well, too. Um, Carrie and I are, are, are both involved in different ways, um, and we encouraged our girls the same as well, too, to, to get involved and, and to serve as well. And, and we didn't really push any one thing over the other, but we knew that when they accepted Christ into their lives, that God was going to give them gifts and abilities and talents to serve in the church. And um, so they both decided to get involved with FBC Kids as well, and both in different ways, um, serving the youth on Sunday nights uh, with the worship team, the youth worship team as well too. And so 
that's been kind of neat for us to see that in them as well too, not just to come to church, but get, get plugged in as well. Um, for those that know our girls, we really do have amazing girls and we're very blessed to have them. Um, but it hasn't been just us. We have had an amazing church family. We love you guys. Um, we have um, we've had Sunday school teachers who have poured into our kids. We've had small group leaders. We've had youth leaders. We've had so many people that have also invested in our kids and reinforced what we've taught our kids at home. They've heard it from other people, and that's been so important. And now it's great for us to see our kids pouring into other kids' lives and, and being that light that you guys were to them. Um, I, we want to tell you too, we valued church so much that we never used church as a, a leverage when it came to punishments. Um, as wonderful as our girls are, they could be naughty as well. And they often were grounded from things, but one thing we never grounded them from was anything that was church related. They would be grounded from their friends, from their phones, from their wees, from all of that stuff. But it was still important for them to go to small group, even though their friends were there and it was kind of a reward for them to go to small group. We really felt that we didn't want to neglect them from learning more about God and, and investing in those Christian friendships and, and hearing what their leaders had to say to them. Yeah, that's awesome. I, uh, yeah, I, I think one of the, I want to say really quickly, Doug and I did not tell these guys what to say. So we're like, oh, obviously the pastor said, hey, get your kids in church. Uh, that, that wasn't us. Uh, that's these guys gave them liberty to say whatever. It took a real risk, I think, especially with Julie. But um, <laughs> I, uh, uh, one of our big drives to encourage people to prioritize church and their family isn't because Doug and I are so great that, you know, we have, I mean, we're the lukewarm water that you're talking about. We've, we've got something to say, but is some of the opportunities you have here for your kids to be invested into and to be invested into by others and be discipled in that way. Um, one of the things I've started doing uh, right from the beginning, and I was inspired by another parent in our church, is when I hold Avra um, and I'm praying for her, I try to pray for her lots, but I pray for her future small group leaders and her future youth leaders and, and stuff like that. And I mean, I'm so excited. When Talcy and I were a little while before she was born, we, uh, we, we started thinking, we're like, who's like in grade five right now that'll be like a senior cabin leader when Avra's seven, you know? We're like, who is it? And, um, you know, kind of thinking through who it was, and, and, and that gets me really excited. I also just want to talk for too long, but I, I want to say I really appreciate what you guys are saying about, you know, using church as a kind of a penalizing thing. Um, I'm not a parent, so I don't get it, and I work at a church, so I know maybe my opinion is slanted to one side or whatever, but I've, I've seen that a lot where church is really leveraged. Um, it's not so much foundational, but it's, it's reward or it's penalty and stuff like that. And especially nowadays when there are wees and phones and things you can take away, I, I, think it's, I think it's really true and I think that's really important. And I think that's like good for me to hear now and be reminded. I'm gonna go back and watch this a bunch because uh, I know there are gonna be small group nights when Avra's a teenager and she's gonna be following in the teenage footsteps of her parents, which is gonna be awful. And uh, I'm gonna to wanna to just be like, you're not going to small group, because I know, you know she probably enjoyed it and stuff, but um, I, I think that's such a good reminder that we've got amazing people here and one of the best places you could probably send your kids when they're struggling is, is there, so that's really cool. Thank you guys. We're gonna hand it down to our, our grandparents down there, um, we'll, our most experienced people on the panel there. Uh, first of all, I'd just like you to 
know that if Donna Marie doesn't talk, she did have a lot of input. Uh, she tells me what to say most of the time. So. Just so you, you know, feel comfortable there. She's been teaching you for years. And lots of yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Someone has to. The other thing, you know, us being a little more mature, um, when we were raising our kids, there were no cell phones to take away. There were no we's or us's or whatever they are uh, to take away. And, and, and when we told them we were going to ground them, they say, we live on the farm, where are we going to go? They had nowhere to go. So they said, uh, none of that could work for us. So we weren't sure. The first thing we did when our kids were born is my wife and I, we got on our knees and we prayed at home ourselves that, Lord, these kids are to be raised for you. And whatever it takes, that's what we want. The next thing we tried to do really hard was to make sure that everything we lived in our home was Christ-centered. Our heart's desire was always to be Christ-centered so that no matter what conversation we had with our kids as they were growing up, as they were um, going through life experiences, that whatever we said, whether the words were used or not, were always intended to be Christ-centered, that our life was always Christ-centered. Now, with that, there's other challenges that we have to watch because the other thing that I found out real quickly is you can't have quality time without quantity time. So you've got to spend time with your kids. And we spent a lot of time with our kids, so therefore we I had lots of opportunity as they grew up to talk to them and to challenge them. And got to be ready because they're going to challenge you back. I guarantee you it cost me seven years of camp work because my kids challenged me back to get involved. Now, the other thing that I wanted to say is I listened to Doug's sermon last week and when I was here, and I don't know how to get him online, so I have to be here. So, uh, anyway. It's like, it has to do with like those we's and stuff like the that. The we's and us is them? Okay, yeah. <laughs> the internet. Anyway, um, he hit it right on the nose of everything that we sort of did or felt was happening with our kids. We had friends and have friends that believe the same as we do, think the same as we do, and they had a big input into our kids' lives. There's nothing more um, reassuring than when our kids became teenagers and we say, what are you going to do if you get in this problem? Oh, don't worry, we know where Uncle Doug lives. Wow, you know, and to know that if that's where they were going to go, that that was just fine. To know that the youth leaders that were here at the time, as our kids were in youth, that put so much into our kids, they're still friends today. And, and I'm thanking them every day in my heart because they're actually putting into my grandkids now without them even knowing it. And it's awesome. It's great. And I thank them for that. And, and as we said, camp. My kids were heavily involved in camp. Major part of it. It takes a whole community, a whole family of people to raise kids for the Lord. So, uh, yeah, that's been our experience. That's awesome. Um, thanks, everyone, for sharing. Uh, we have a little bit more time, so 
I want to ask you, uh, Daryl, um, so you know, some people in the room are grandparents, and that's where you guys are at now, so that means you're allowed to sleep in on Saturday mornings again. Um, and uh, so, <laughs> I don't know if you do, but um, we, uh, how have you seen, you know, you went from being parents to grandparents at some point. How, how, have you seen this role evolve, or can you maybe comment on, you know, now how you see that playing out with adult children and grandchildren, if that makes sense? It's um, exciting for us to watch. Our kids are, are doing things and putting into our grandkids' lives. Uh, as parents, they are raising them for the Lord and in, in, in doing things that are, are pointing their lives in that direction. And that's really great. And I also have the privilege uh, we have the privilege of living really close to our grandkids and get to see them quite often. And it's great because you can build a bond and we even get the privilege of having some input into their lives. But it's really great to see our kids doing what it takes to raise their kids to be for Jesus. Yeah. It's exciting stuff being grandparents, huh? Yeah, it's actually a little, I take it maybe even over raising kids sort of thing, you know? Yeah, but it's so good at it. I should, just, I should skip the kids and just get the grandkids. That'd be great. Um, that's great. Well, I'm not quite looking forward to it too much yet. I'm going to chill for a minute, but maybe Ken and Carrie are the closest to looking forward to that, becoming grand. I'm not telling you something. a long ways away. I'm not saying that there's something you don't know right now, but I'm just, I'm saying, you know, you never know. So, um, I wish this would go on for a long time. I, I love this. And, you know, it's funny setting up a panel like this because a lot of times I'm trying to think, what does the church need? And for this, it's like, what do I need? You know, like, I mean, I'm in this boat where I'm just trying to figure out how to do the best job of not messing this up completely. Um, so we just have a couple minutes left. So maybe uh, Croakers and Courts, you guys could quickly comment on maybe, it's up to you, either something maybe that you've seen that you guys have tried or have done that Maybe that didn't go so well, so you've maybe course corrected or looking back, wish you would change, or else, uh, or else if you want, maybe just a sentence or two of encouragement to people who are kind of up and coming behind you or whatever. So, Yeah, I think uh, the biggest thing is just being intentional, and as much as we are intentional, there's many nights where we're not, and life gets busy, and just the evening gets away from you, and you just don't have the time to spend. So I think right now, Cece's probably the one who suffers with that most because she's youngest and she needs to get her sleep so if she's not in bed by 7 30 then she's just kind of a wreck the next day so um we just need to be better about being intentional and spending the time with her she's a sweet kid who loves jesus and was praying last night about how she's so thankful she gets to come worship him today and spend time praising him so we just need to work on doing a better job of fostering that some days yeah and one cool thing i just realized now sitting up here is um, Jordan is leading CC right now, and Megan has been a small group leader for Ginny in the past, so that's awesome. Oh, cute. That's awesome. I heard those ahs on there. I would say um, one thing that hasn't worked, just to kind of piggyback off of what Carrie had said, was that there are some Sundays where you just become really selfish with your time, and it is really nice to have that option where you just want to stay in bed and sleep in and not go to church. And there have been times when Dave and I would just kind of make that decision that, yeah, you know what, I think we're going to skip church today. 
And I'm here to tell you that that did not go over well with the kids. And that's probably one of the downfalls of attending great churches like we have in the past is that you guys have such amazing kids programs and things for them that they love coming. And so when you tell them they can't, they are choked at you. Um, so you've got like your kid crying and completely devastated and then you're feeling all of this guilt to go along with it. And it totally robs the joy out of anything you would have had from sleeping in because you feel completely <laughs> guilty and destroyed the whole day. Um, so it's not ideal. And the other thing I would say too is that Again, don't use the church stuff as a leverage for your disciplining. Um, you know, there are many times when your kids are, are turds, which is what I've said in the first service, and they're little <laughs> monsters, and you need to, to stomp on them. But using church as your leverage point, so like, yeah, you, you're so nasty, I'm not taking you to Kids Quest or to youth or something tonight. It's probably the best place for them to be when they're acting out. They need to be hearing and having maybe some other people pour into their life and give them some, some guidance there. So I would say, you know, like, electronics or TV or hit them where it hurts the most, but not with church. That's what I would say. Well, it's great because next month our life app is how to not be a turd. So <laughs> I could have said something else. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate the deeply theological terminology there. So, All right. And maybe you guys can finish it off there. Yeah. For us, it's really hard to come up with something we regret because we're pretty awesome parents and it's really hard to find something. <laughs> That's crazy because I'm five months in and I've got like a huge list, you know. It's written um, by Talis. <laughs> um, no, for, for us, really, um, like if I were to look back and kind of on um, raising our girls, uh, one of the things that I regret was uh, doing family devotions together is we, we had pretty good intentions of we were going to do that. Um, as a family, it was going to be supper, and then after supper, we were going to sit down and, and go through a devotional book together. Um, I mean, we, we kind of were hit and miss, maybe at best, at doing that. And then we just got away from it. Um, and actually, I was talking to Jordan a little bit about that this morning. And uh, Jordan's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't ever remember doing family devotions together. So really, it was definitely more miss than hit with us. Um, so I do regret that. If I were to do it over again, definitely, we would, we would do that. Mind you, having said that, our girls are amazing at, at doing their devotions and probably put me to shame a lot of times as well, too. Um, Jordan said... Uh, I was asking her where she was at, and she's at a year and eight months, she said, in doing her devotions, um, so, which is really, really impressive to us. So. And just to clarify, that's a year and eight months of not missing a of single not day missing of reading the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they said that in first service, and I was like, well, she's got me beat, and I looked over at Doug, he's like, yep. You know, so, uh, I've missed a day or two, so uh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, so that's been, that's been pretty cool in an in a age where snap treats. Snapchat streaks are important to maintain um, Jordan's is during the devotions. So, uh, so that's been very cool for us, but <laughs> it kind of goes along with the us's and the we, yeah, yeah pretty much. Just because yeah. your parents don't know about the electronic devices, they're pretty awesome and smart. So we're, we'll Ken will teach you all about social yeah, media. Yeah, perfect, things. perfect. Um, so for us, that would, be, that would be the thing, probably the biggest one for me, I, I think, is the, the whole family devotions, doing that time together. Yeah, that's very humble of you to share that. I appreciate that. So um, thank you guys so much. Let's hear it for our panel as they get uh, stage. So thank you guys so much. I'm just going to take a few more minutes here. Um, I'm going to wrap up with a little bit of a personal appeal. You can bring my prop up. I'm doing a bit of an object lesson here. So um, is it OK to refer to this as an object lesson? Doesn't matter. She can't understand, so um, I say anything I want. Uh, I know. Uh, <laughs> 
I've had a baby and it's kind of ruined me in a lot of ways as a human. And I know I talk about her a lot. I said I was bringing her on stage this morning and Neil's like, oh really, you've had a baby? None of us have heard about that. So maybe, <laughs> maybe I talk about her a little too much. But um, I, I want to end off the series with maybe just a little bit of a personal appeal. Because uh, you, you know, there are a lot of things we talk about at FPC that are very important, but a lot of it is, uh, I hope when you hear Doug and me and others talk that you know that this is coming from a place of, yeah, I know, they're right, um, a, a place of personally going through this stuff. And, and for me right now, this is as relevant, relevant as it could be. Um, last week, Darren was saying that when he talks to his girls, he often says, I love you so much, but I love Jesus more, and Jesus loves you more than I could ever love you. This is going to be a repeat of her child dedication where she wept the whole time. But um, he said he reminds his girls that Jesus loves him them more than he ever could. And that's something I've started with Avra right from the beginning is telling her, Avra, I love you so much, but I'll never be able to love you as much as Jesus loves you. I have one, like, I have some desires for Avra, but I have one great desire, and that's that she grows up to follow Jesus for the rest of her life. All the rest of it, it can flex in comparison to that. But the reality is, is that you can go online and read some different statistics and they disagree with each other, so I'll give you the range. But on the best case, some statistics say that kids who grew up in church have a 50% chance of walking away from the faith when they graduate. And some statistics on the more extreme end say they have an 86% chance of walking away from the faith after they graduate. And honestly, that scares me, that Avra has somewhere between a 14 to 50% chance of staying strong in her faith after she graduates. And I think it's easy to hear statistics and say, oh, that'll happen to other families. That's not me. I remind you guys, we're average, normal people. We're subject to statistics. And honestly, that scares me. That my greatest desire for this girl would be that she would spend eternity with Jesus and pursue him yeah, sorry, for the rest of her life. And that, this, that the odds, best case, are 50-50. But that the odds are pretty stacked against me. That's pretty scary. That's heavy for me. It freaks me out. I pray for her so much because I don't want her to walk away from Jesus. Uh, and I guess what I want to say this morning is just more of a personal appeal. Darren and Talcy and uh, Doug and all of us have been saying throughout the series, and we believe this is so true, that parents are the number one greatest influence in their kid's life. So Avra's hooped because of Talcy. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> we're the biggest influence in her life. But probably the second greatest influence in her life is going to be her friends. And who's the greatest influence in their lives? You guys. Their parents. So you, vicariously through your kids, are the second greatest influence in my kid's life. And as she grows up in this church, she's not just going to be influenced by us and her friends. She's going to see you guys as her leaders here at church, as adults who parent their kids in front of her. And you guys are going to have a massive impact on my daughter. And so I'm begging you to be intentional about being parents that push your kids towards Jesus and prioritize faith in your family because that 14 to 50% chance for my baby is so greatly impacted and skewed by what we as a church can do together because we can accomplish so much more together. When you try to pursue faith, it's so much easier to do it with other people alongside of you. When you go on a diet, it's easy to do that with other people alongside you. When you run a marathon, when you do difficult group activities, when you do difficult things, it's easier to do that if people are doing that alongside of you. And so also personally, I want to say it's, it's hard for us to be intentional parents. And so we need you guys. My baby Avra, she needs you. And that's not to guilt or shame you into anything, but that's an invitation to say, please, join with us 
as we try to be intentional parents, and please do that alongside us as well. When you guys win as parents, it helps us win. When we win as parents, it'll help you guys win. And we're all in this together. And no matter who you are as part of FPC, you have an impact on this little baby girl's life. And not that she's more important than anyone else's baby, but she was the easiest one for me to get to use for this object lesson this morning. So anyways, you guys, that's it for our Real Plan Parenthood series. I hope it's helpful. If it is, please go back and watch these videos online. Love you guys so much, and I hope you guys have an awesome week. We'll see you next Sunday. Kiss, bye.